0: After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you're a, 4-1-5-er, when you're a 4-1-5-er, 4-1-5-er, 415er, you're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, 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 more, and more. Welcome to the 415 Hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back into another episode of the 415ers podcast. Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy with you as always. Three times a week, Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. What is going on, Mark? How are you doing? Despite uh, maybe not having to lock in on the 49ers on
1: Sunday for once in a while. Yeah, I'm doing well, Evan. How are you? Uh, yeah, not a not a Niner football weekend, but it was quite the weekend around the NFL. A lot of crazy games going on Saturday and Sunday with implications for the 49ers. So, yeah, not a, not a Niner weekend, but still plenty to keep an eye on throughout the weekend.
0: Yeah, a lot of football, obviously, that was played across Thursday, beginning with the 49ers, and then Saturday and Sunday as well. Uh, so a lot of interesting matchups. For the 49ers, of course, they are fixated on the NFC. And right now, uh, after a a Sunday or Saturday thriller between uh, the Vikings and the Colts, technically, Mark, your prediction is is not um, has not come to fruition just yet. But it felt like it was teetering on the side of the 49ers becoming the two seed. That was the game that everyone had their eyes on, I think. And uh, it just so happened to me, maybe the second most exciting finish of the weekend
1: i mean i think the biggest winner from sunday was matt ryan and jeff saturday and the colts because suddenly everyone forgot about their 33 (laughs) nothing blow up they were up 33 nothing at halftime against the vikings and they managed to lose that game 39 to 36 but because of the way a couple other games ended specifically a game in Las Vegas. I think everyone's quickly forgetting about that Colts uh, catastrophe, despite the fact that it was incredible. And yeah, I mean, I've said multiple times, I think the, the Vikings aren't nearly as good as their record. I think the Niners will pass them before the season is over. They would have done that right now if the Vikings weren't able to come back from 33 points down. The Niners would be the two seed in the NFC as it stands right now but that'll have to wait at least another week. I'm still pretty confident it's going to happen. Niners will have the tiebreaker over the Vikings. So if the Vikings just lose one more game than the Niners the rest of the way, the Niners are your two seed in the NFC. So they don't have it under their own power. They need just a little bit of help, but it's still right there for them.
0: Well, and I, I want to dig into that a little bit deeper because I, I have a question for the people that I, I think is pretty interesting. We're, of course, going to dig into maybe some of what the Niners – do and don't need to prove the rest of the way. Um, Maybe what you saw first look on Sunday night against the 49ers' next opponent in Washington. But taking the NFC picture right now, Eagles won yesterday, so they're 13-3, and still in the one seed, uh, 25-20 over the Bears. 13-1, pardon me, sorry. And, uh, of course, the Bills, as we talked about, or talked about coming back on the Colts. And then right now the Niners are the three seed with Dallas, uh, losing kind of in miraculous fashion to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But Mark, my, my question, and we can get into all these games if you want, but my question specifically about the Vikings, and this is not necessarily aimed at you. It's more for people that are understandably doubters of this team and its playoff potential. But if you pull off the greatest comeback in the history of the National Football League, can you still be fraudulent? Uh,
1: I'm. I, I would uh, fire back at you by saying that a true, real eleven and three team would not get down thirty three nothing at halftime to the lifeless Indianapolis Colts. Are you kidding me? And I know that there were a lot of strange plays. There were defensive scores, special teams scores. I read something somewhere that the Colts offense in the first half, despite the fact that they put up 33 points, actually had a negative EPA. Uh, their offense had a negative EPA in the first half, despite building a 33-0 lead. So it tells you it was kind of a, a fluky half of football. But still, if you are the Vikings, 11-3, any other team is 11-3, and everyone's talking about how they are a legitimate Super Bowl you know, contender. They're one of the best teams in the NFL, but no one really feels that way. Everyone is just kind of waiting for the Vikings to flounder. And that's why everyone at halftime was getting off all their, well, the Niners are the two seed tweets. It's it's happening officially. and, And they all have to take those back. All of that said, I will say credit, the Vikings credit Kirk cousins. He had an incredible second half to lead them back and to get a win that they desperately needed. Um, It's an impressive comeback, no doubt. The biggest comeback, you know, in NFL history. Only, what, the second time when a team's been trailing by 30 points, they've come back to win the game, ever. Uh, But you shouldn't get down by that much in the first place.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Although, I will say, I think of the 33 points, the Indianapolis Colts scored one offensive touchdown, (laughs) <laughs> it was it was pretty amazing. Like they they could have put up probably 60 in that game. Like if they had had any sort of uh any sort of offense, any sort of defense, but <laughs> Jeff Saturday, that's an L. Uh, but honestly, if I mean if we're being real, that feels like a, a come from behind loss that uh a first-year head coach with no head, head coaching experience is probably destined for at some point. Yeah. But I I just thought it was interesting like yeah, Kirk Cousins is I wouldn't consider him you know, a captain comeback kid in any sense of the term. And yet this guy's got like seven game winning drives this year <laughs> because the I... Vikings are constantly coming from behind. And now, Mark, finally, finally this
1: season. They have a positive point differential. Wow. That's big for the Vikings. We'll see Plus how long two. it lasts. I was curious how this game was going to shake out because it was a Saturday game, standalone game. No other game going on. Shut up. It was it, it was the first game. <laughs> true. It was the first game of the of the three on Saturday. Uh, so it started at, at 10 or, or something like that. I, I think Yeah, because your, your text started coming in around noon. <laughs> yeah and uh then I, once the comeback happened I, I started rooting for my fantasy team only and, and not my uh not my my niners hopes for the two seed mm, um nice. but i was i was wondering is this considered a primetime game because primetime kirk cousins as we know is the worst quarterback in nfl history uh and he looked like it in the first half but second half uh, was not primetime kirk cousins so uh vikings i don't know how you did it but you did it 39 36 you win in overtime uh and they had a they had a a touchdown taken away from them as well they ended up getting it and tying it but after the colts fumbled the the vikings picked up the ball and, and ran it all the way back for a touchdown uh but they didn't call it a fumble on the field and they blew the play dead on a review it was a fumble but since they blew the whistles and blew the play dead they could not Uh, allow the 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 return for a touchdown to stand so it looked like the vikings were going to you know get a really tough break but they end up scoring anyway and tie the game and force overtime and they win and the rest is history so kudos minnesota for winning a game you should have won but maybe this is something that kind of wakes them up because you don't often come from behind by 33 to win a game
0: with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever kind of laid out you fall behind by 33 points yeah. in a game uh as far as the rest of the nfc teams again yeah the eagles are still at the top the the cowboys lost to the jaguars and that that was a a thrilling game as well mark um i, I don't know necessarily how it how it affects how i look at dallas though because honestly i like i, I thought jacksonville was going to be a lot better than it was or that it's performed so far this year but they're they're kind of a feisty team and and one that is now beginning to heat up with Trevor Lawrence. Like he threw like four touchdowns yesterday. Um, and then of course the Sunday nightcap game with now the team that the Niners would be playing at the playoffs started today and the New York Giants beating up on the Washington commanders. Um, did, did you kind of see anything or take anything away from those games as far as, you know, playoff positioning um, teams that you did and didn't fear before did
1: anything really change at all for you as far as the 49ers are concerned? Uh. Specifically about the Giants and Commanders, no, I don't think the Niners are scared of either of them. Uh, assuming that's the first round matchup, which is is very likely, considering Dallas has uh, basically a two game edge on on the six on the six seed, Giants at the moment. They're relatively locked into the five, um, and then it's just a matter of who's six and who's seven. Uh, Giants, Washington is how it currently stands. Then Seattle and Detroit. Detroit suddenly seven and seven, the fight damn Dan Campbell's don't, uh, don't forget about them. They have a chance to, to make the playoffs for the first time in a while, but no, I mean, I don't think the Niners should be too scared of the giants or Washington. That would be a home game in the first round. Uh, even if the Niners get up to the two seed, they'll likely, you know, still play one of giants or Washington. Again, the other opportunities, the other possibilities are Seattle and Detroit. I think with the Niners defense, any of those teams aren't going to be scoring many points against the 49ers. Maybe the one exception is Detroit. They can really put up points. Um, and they are quality defenses, but the Niners get to be at home um, and they're going to be, you know, prepping for for a game like that uh, for a while, knowing, knowing who's their potential opponent. So I, I didn't really see anything that scares me all too much. The Giants front yesterday really beat up Washington's offensive line. Ah, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, the the rookie was incredible. He had a strip sack that they returned for a touchdown. Um, but no, I, I don't think the Niners should be all too scared of that. And the first round isn't really going to make a difference whether you're the two or the three. It's who you might play in the second round of the playoffs where that comes that comes to fruition. So first round, I don't think the Niners have too much to worry about.
0: Yeah, I I did see kind of a running theme throughout some of these games, which is. And not all of them were, were cold weather games. I mean, we're looking at New York, Detroit, they're outside. Um, we're looking at Philly and Chicago. That's a cold weather game. But I do think we're starting to see, as maybe was previewed a bit on Thursday by the 49ers, just how important the running game becomes at this point in the season, which would be another reason to feel good about San Francisco and its chances to potentially make a deep playoff run. But when it comes to running backs, you know, there were some big days yesterday. And there was also, look, if I'm looking at Philly and Chicago, there are a couple of big running games by quarterbacks. And so I think that's something we're also going to have to keep an eye on when it comes to, look, how are the 49ers going to be matching up, faring, uh, trying to game plan for some of these game wreckers that are in the backfield. Philadelphia, obviously, Jalen Hurts didn't throw the ball all that well, but had three rushing scores. Um, Looking around the league, I mean... Detroit and New York, that, that was a bit more of a slugfest than I think a lot of people who do or don't watch the Lions were kind of accustomed to. Uh, the Cowboys do love to run football to try and take the ball, I think, late, especially out of the hands of Dak Prescott, who was a bit up and down. And that defense, of course, gave up 40 points to a Jacksonville team that I think is is pretty good. It's finding a stride, but you know might be a year away, just depending on on how they started. Um, even teams like the Chiefs, Mark, are really using both of their running backs. Isaac Pacheco and then Jarek McKinnon had another big day for Kansas City. So it, it does seem like, whether it be because of the weather has turned, whether because teams are starting to try and play more physically and impose their physicality on opponents, um, the running game has become, I think, maybe even more prevalent than it was early on this season when we saw the offenses and overall point
1: totals go down. Yeah, I agree with you. And we've talked about this uh, a number of times throughout the season. I remember having conversations about, you know, are the Niners kind of built for postseason football? And I think we had a little bit of a disagreement, but I think we generally both agree that the Niners tend to be better at the things that you, you usually need to do well in the postseason, run the ball and and play defense. Um And, you know, on the flip side of running the ball, it's being able to stop the run. And recently, the Niners have been really good at that as well. Part of that is because they've built some leads. But you look at the last three games, uh, Miami totally got away from the run. Same thing with Tampa Bay. And in Seattle, Kenneth Walker, their fantastic rookie running back, had some success, had one relatively big run. But besides that, did not run the ball all too well either. So... You know, postseason football, as you mentioned, you get in cold weather games, you're playing against really good defenses that that limit the passing attack. And and for the Niners specifically, you're being led by a rookie quarterback who doesn't have much experience. Throwing the ball might be tough, so you're going to have to to lean on your run game, and Niners have been really good at that. And then, of course, on the flip side, limit a- opponents' run game, and, and they've been good at that as well. So I think the Niners... Still a a few weeks here before they get into the postseason, but I think the Niners are set up as well as any team in terms of what they're doing well at this moment, which is usually what you need to to do well for postseason success. I think they're set up really well heading into the postseason.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you right there.